0: Hi, this is Karen Nutt, Director of Child Development Services with the Braille Institute. Welcome to the Dr. Bill Telephone Series. Each Tuesday, the second Tuesday of each month, we have the Dr. Bill Series at 7 p.m. Tonight's topic is a depth perception. Dr. Bill will discuss the various forms of a depth perception. Our child development consultants will share toys and activities they use to develop the depth perception for safer mobility. The Dr. Bill Telephone Series is an educational program focusing on pediatric eye conditions for parents, teachers, and other professionals working with young children with visual impairments. The topics presented should not be considered a medical or educational consultation but information to help us better understand pediatric eye condition. So I'd like to introduce Dr. Bill.
1: Thank you very much, Karen. And I want to thank Mr. Dick Burden from Airs LA for recording this for us. And I want to thank all of you who are on the call. This is really very, very nice that so many of you are on the call here. And what we aim to do on these telephone calls is to educate you. We really want to educate you about aspects of vision that no one may have ever told you anything about it. I know that when I was a little boy, I was six years old, and I failed the vision screening at school. And the nurse told me, you know, Billy, I think that you might benefit from glasses, And I said, oh, no, I I see really, really well. I could even see the fingerprints on my fingers. And she says, well, that's good. But you're having a hard time seeing the letters on the letter chart across the room. And I said, well, I could see the E. And she says, yeah, that's good. But there's also letters that are below that that are much smaller. And I said, oh, my gosh, I didn't know there were letters there. They looked just like dots. And I said, you know what happens at school in the classroom? I can't really read what the teacher's writing on the board. So those glasses might, in fact, help. So overall, when we talk about vision, people really think about vision as being able to identify letters and numbers, being able to see things clearly. And we understand that glasses or contact lenses, sometimes surgery, are things that are needed to improve a child's vision. But the one thing that I learned is that there are many, many other visual skills that we all have and these visual skills are skills that are developed over time in other words the ability to see color a newborn child cannot see colors it takes about six months for that child to begin to develop the color vision we know that children have to be able to move their eyes and it takes time for them to be able to follow a moving toy with their eyes and it takes even longer as a matter of fact years before a child is able to control the eyes to move the eyes in a reading pattern. And we also know that children have two eyes and there are six muscles on each eye that controls where the eyes are looking and it takes time for the child to learn how to coordinate all of those muscles at the same time so that the eyes are both looking at the same place. And so there's many other visual skills that are like that. And they are developed skills. And one of the important skills that a child has to develop is called depth perception. Now, depth perception is the ability of the child or the adult to understand how close or how far something is. And when a child is born, they do not have that understanding of how close or how far something is. They are able to see if something, but they can't really tell you if mommy's face is eight inches away or if it's much further. And the way that the child learns to develop depth perception is by experience. Every time that a child sees something... The brain records information, and it helps the brain to know how close or how far something is. You have probably seen little babies. Maybe you're going to hand that baby a baby bottle filled with milk. And when they reach for it, they knock it over they thought that the bottle was further than where it actually was and they knocked the bottle over. Other times, you're handing a child a toy and the child is not reaching at the right place. The child is reaching to the right of where the toy actually is. Or maybe that a child is beginning to crawl we have all seen this and then the child doesn't understand how close or how far that door is and they crawl and they bump their head on the door that's because even though they were able to see the door all that they knew is that hey I think there's a door there They didn't have the information of how close or how far it is. So there's many different types of visual skills that the brain relies on and that's how we eventually develop that depth perception. And once we develop depth perception, we don't lose it. And as a matter of fact, Each year, it gets better and better and better. It'll get better to the point where a child is able to catch a ball that you bounce to the child. Or maybe that the child is interested in playing tennis, and you hit the tennis ball over the net, and your child is able to hit the ball back over the net to you. Or maybe the child loves basketball and your child's able to determine how high up in the air is the basket, how far is the basket. So we see children with all sorts of vision problems and many other types of disabilities. Today we see so many children who have Disorders of the autism spectrum. We see kids who have Down syndrome. We have see, seen kids with seizure disorders that affect how the brain is functioning. And with all of these types of kids, they can play sports if they're interested a lot of people would have never thought that that little boy would have been able to hit the baseball. But these kids can do it, and they're often extremely good. So the main point here to understand from what Karen was talking about, her department, child development, and that is that these visual skills are developed. And when a child is born, they don't have these skills automatically. They have to develop them. Now, early on, one of the things that was very interesting is that a lot of researchers were very interesting in studying the development of vision. This was in the 1950s. And what they did is they took groups of animals. They were using monkeys and dogs and rabbits and as soon as these little animals were born they took one group and they put a blindfold over their eyes so that they couldn't see and the other animals they just let them be so that they were able to see. And what they then did is, months later, they unblindfolded those animals that were blindfolded, and they measured the vision of the blindfolded animals, and they measured the vision of the unblindfolded animals. And in every category, clarity of sight, the animals that were blindfolded, had very, very poor clarity of sight. Their vision was very bad. When they measured the vision of the the animals that were not blindfolded, they had normal vision. They could see very clearly. They then measured the depth perception. And the animals that were blindfolded when they were allowed to walk through the obstacle courses, they couldn't do it. They were bumping into the walls and doors and all sorts of things. They had no understanding of how close or how far something could be. But the animals that were the same age that were not blindfolded, they were able to get through the maze just perfectly fine. And they tested many, many other types of visual skills. And in each one of them, the animals that were blindfolded that didn't receive visual stimulation, their vision was much, much worse. So what we know in today's environment with things One of the biggest problems, one of the biggest problems is that parents are not told about the importance of visual stimulation. I remember when our two kids were born, we were at Kaiser Hospital. And I was pleased with every part of the service they provided. Everything I thought was just wonderful. But when we were released, they did not say a single thing about vision. They didn't say a single thing about taking our children to get their eyes examined and they did not say anything, nothing at all about vision development. So I'm gonna assume that most people, when they have a baby and they go to the hospital, they are not told anything about visual development and visual stimulation. So it is very, very common We see this all the time from talking to parents. A lot of parents, they will keep their child in the bedroom, in a darkened room where they close the drapes, they keep the lights off, and they want it to be a dark and quiet environment so that their baby could sleep. That makes sense, but if a child doesn't have stimulation during the waking hours, including vision stimulation, those children will not develop normal vision. And that contributes to why there are many children who are, in fact, legally blind. They are legally blind because they have not received enough vision stimulation. So what do we mean by that? The rooms in which a child is going to be in, we have to have patterns. We have to have colors. So we might have red pillows on the sofa, and we might have blankets or sheets that have patterns or pictures of Mickey and Minnie Mouse, but we need to have these types of colors and patterns and other objects so that the child could look at it, and that will then stimulate the growth of the brain cells for vision. And each time that the child looks at Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse, it stimulates those brain cells for vision. And by making certain that the child is in a room that has light, that stimulates the growth of the brain cells. We need to have stimulation for the brain. And for all of you out there who have children or you work with children, you may not realize it, but little things that you're doing with your child is stimulating the brain. You, in essence, are a brain therapist. And you may have been told, Well, your child is lucky that your child even is able to walk. Well, the reason your child is able to walk is because you played with your child and you put your child in activities where your child would learn to move the right leg and the left leg. And you held your child up so your child could start to develop balance. And pretty soon your child developed all the skills needed to walk. So when we talk about depth perception, you know, depth perception plays a very important part in all aspects of life. And when a child is able to recognize how close or how far an object is, the child is then going to be motivated to reach for it. I know that my bottle is this close, and I could grab it. Or I know that my bottle is a little bit further, so all I have to do is crawl a little bit towards it, and then I'll be able to grab it. and as a child gets older and starts to walk I'm certain you have seen this I remember my kids were walking and we happened to have hardwood floors but then we put a a floor rug in an area right by the door so that when people would come over the dirt from the shoe would go on that carpet But when my kids were learning to walk, they would walk real quickly. They would run. But as soon as they came to the border of that carpet, they stopped. They never stepped on that carpet. They were able to see that there was something different in the floor there. And they did not have the development of enough depth perception to be able to tell, is that carpet higher than the floor? Is it like a step that we have to step up on? Or is that carpet like the step that is going outside that we have to step down? So without knowing the depth perception, they did not know what they should do with their feet and their legs. Should we step up or should we be prepared to step down? And they just decided, I'm not even going to go there. So this is one of the reasons that you might see your children do some very interesting things such as not walk on the carpet. Or, why some children, even though they can walk, they're going to crawl up and down the steps. And that's because they do not have the depth perception to know exactly how far should I step up or how far should I step down? So when they get on all fours, well, this is easy now because I can feel where the other steps are with my knees and I can put my hands on this other step and so they can feel where they need to be. It's just like a blind person like me. It's so easy for me to do a lot of things by getting on all fours and crawling around rather than to try to do it just on my feet. So what are some of the skills that give a child the sense of depth perception? Number one is a change in the size of the object they see. Size plays a difference. When a newborn baby looks and sees the doctor's face and then the doctor moves closer to the child's face, the child is going to recognize that, wow, that face got a lot bigger. And then the doctor hands the baby to mom and the doctor walks away. And the baby then sees that the doctor's face got small. And as mom then brings the baby closer to her face, mom's face now got bigger. So it's very, very important to allow your child, even right after birth, to see you at different distances. You don't want to always hold your child at that exact same distance. You could let your husband or your wife or somebody else carry the baby and move the baby two feet away and then bring the baby one foot from your face and then move the baby towards the end of your bed and then bring the baby back closer. So, the idea is that the child will then understand that is mom, even if her face is big or even when her face is small. And we need to do that with other types of objects. Maybe that somebody gave you. A bouquet of balloons. And when you take your child home from the hospital and there's a beautiful, colorful bouquet of balloons. Well, bring those balloons closer so that your child could touch it with his or her hand. and then move the balloons further away. And you could even let your child grab hold of the of the ribbons and let your child bring those balloons closer with your assistance. And so then the child's going to realize, "Wow, these colorful things are are the balloons that I like." And sometimes they look small, and other times they look really big. And they will then learn that when it's smaller, it's further away. We could do this with a baby bottle. And if you fill it with formula, or if you use breast milk, we regardless recommend that you make this bottle very visually stimulating by wrapping colorful tape on it. And you could then move that bottle closer and then a little further. And then allow your child to touch the bottle with his or her hands. And we want to play that game a little bit and then eventually let your child grab the bottle with both hands and let's let the child drink from it. The child is developing depth perception and also eye-hand coordination there. Now, another way that a child learns about depth perception is by seeing details So if we have certain toys that are far away, maybe your husband's a basketball fan, just loves basketball, and he's playing with the basketball in the house, and the baby sees the ball. The baby could see the orange basketball, and the baby is following the ball with his head. Well, we want to bring the basketball also closer to the baby, and the baby will then see that it gets bigger, the size gets bigger, so it must be closer. And then, when the ball is closer, the baby's going to be able to see the details. And as you've looked... If you've looked at a basketball before, you'll notice that the basketball is not smooth. There's a whole bunch of round little circles on there. And these elevated circles, they give the ball texture. So by using a basketball or some other object that has details, the baby will learn that when I could see these details, It's closer. And then, we want the baby to feel those little dots on the basketball with the fingers. And this is the way that the child will learn if there are objects that have these kinds of detail or textures. And if I could see it, it usually means that this object is something that is closer. And another way that children learn to perceive depth, knowing that something is closer, is by fragrance, believe it or not. But you might want to go ahead and use different fruit And when you bring it closer to your child, your child's going to see that that apple got a whole lot bigger. And the child is going to be able to smell the sweetness of the apple. And then you might contrast it by getting a lemon next. And as you bring the lemon closer, your child's going to be able to smell it stronger. And your child will then know that it's closer because the fragrance is stronger. And one very important thing to watch on the kids is if they then open their hands and begin to reach towards it, it gives you a good clue that this child understands that this is something that's close enough that I can grab. It's a very, very important sign when you see if the child is now starting to open the hands, that means that my child now knows this is close enough that he or she can grab it. So what I'd like to do right now then is I'm going to turn it over to some of our low vision consultants that we have on the phone here. And will any of you be willing to share with the other people in the audience, what are some activities that you show parents to do to develop depth perception?
0: Dr. Bell?
1: Yes. This is Patty. Hi, Patty. Thank so, you. Hi. I actually
2: have um, one of my favorites is um, if the family has or we can kind of create stairs using boxes. And what I like to do is I like to put um, really um, bright-looking, like stuffed animals or balls on the different steps and having the kids reach for them because as the steps, um, as you go up the steps, the distance is just a little further. You have to reach just a little higher. So it, it really works on that depth perception and that reach and understanding things that are close. And far, like you said, kind of when we see things up close, they're bigger. And when they're a little further, they're a little smaller. But we do it on the stairs.
1: Ah, that's a great idea. And besides stuffed animals, what are some of the other kinds of balls or toys and things have you found that really catch the the attention of a child?
2: So like the little light-up balls? The kids love those. (laughs) Especially, you know, if if a kid has low vision, it kind of lights up. So they're kind of looking for that glow so they have direction and where to reach for the object.
1: Really? These have a light inside the ball? I've never seen those.
2: Yeah. You kind of have to squeeze the ball first to activate the light. And then we just set it down on the stair. And then the child will go over and and reach for the ball. Oh,
1: that's great. Hey, hey, now, Patty, where do you buy those at?
2: You know, I I order them on Amazon. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, they're usually, I think, under, like, if you look up for light-up spiky balls.
1: Oh, If you
2: search that, you should be able to find find something. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, that's a great idea. That's really, really good. Thank you. My gosh. Does anybody else have any other ideas?
0: Hi, Dr. Bill and Liz.
1: Oh, hey, Liz. How are you?
0: Good. Um, something that I do is use, um, like, blocks or the magnet tiles or even, like, pillows or something big, like those bigger um, blocks that are kind of like cardboard, like bricks.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I know those. You uh-huh. know,
0: which, you know, I'm talking about um and you can kind of put them like in the foreground and put them or you can stack them and then you can tell the child put the red one on top of the blue one or put the green one uh-huh. behind the red one and kind of work on um the directional stuff too and like finding, you know, behind
1: and Oh, and yeah.
0: Yeah. And then also, um, just, like, batting a balloon around, just a regular balloon that you blow up with your mouth and just, um, hitting it with their hands or with, like, little tennis rackets, like, from the dollar store, um, that or hanging it from the ceiling, um, yeah. and, like, kind of having them bat it around, um, and then I love hidden pictures. <laughs> I know I've talked about that before, but using, like, the spatial, the, the foreground um, with the wow. hidden pictures. Yeah, yeah, the hidden picture books. Yeah. The, oh, the, and the, there's a website that has a bunch of free ones that I use a lot.
1: Oh, now what is, do you know the, the web address of that?
0: Yeah, it's Highlights Magazine, the kid magazine highlights. Yeah. So it's just highlights com, and they have a game section and they have uh hidden pictures they also have mazes um oh. which are good
2: mm-hmm.
0: and some kind of like uh like logic puzzles for older kids but yeah the, the hidden pictures are great and they're interactive so you can um they have sound and you know they, uh. when they find them things
1: is is accessing the the Highlights kids webpage is that free or do you have to pay a, a yearly subscription it's free. Oh, their
0: website is free.
1: you know that's great because right there's so many things like balloons don't cost too much you get a little light up ball doesn't cost too much and uh you know you can go to the dollar store and find so many things that are good mm-hmm. toys for kids even though they're really not in the toy section right <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, yes and i wanted
0: to also say like um for kids with low vision oftentimes if they are um bumping into things or stumbling or if they like a, like safety issues or orientation and mobility all you really bright like red reflective duct tape and mark the stairs or mark um, oh. when there's a change in uh surface, like from the carpet to the tile, yeah, and like you were saying too like a like a physical kind of tactile like cue as well, like a carpet or a little something you know, that lets them know that you know the elevation's gonna change or the texture is gonna change, and then, um, I just wanted to touch on echolocation that's something we've been. Talking a lot about lately, and clicking, and okay. um, great is now joining. So the the echolocation um, teaching that to the, the little ones.
1: Uh, so can you describe what what exactly is echolocation?
0: So I'm not an expert, but from the what the research that I've done, and from what we've talked about. Um, And the trainings it's, So you It's when you make a sound And it vibrates off of Things that are near you And so um, People like there's very famous People that do this like Daniel Kish Is probably one of the most famous people that does this um, And they, they have a company called Visioneers And so it, when you're walking Or they ride their bike or they ride You know a skateboard And they'll click like, with their mouth, and um, they can tell, like, if they're near a tree or if they're near a car, they can tell how far away from it they are. They can tell when there's nothing next to them, and it's just, you know, being in tune with what's around you just based on the sound, like, reverberating back.
1: Wow, that is great. That is great. I'm going to have to learn that for myself because I have never tried that, but... I am aware of it because there there have been times that I was talking on my phone and walking down the hallway, but then I actually heard the reflection of my voice against the door, and I stopped mm-hmm. quickly. And if I didn't, you know, pay attention to that sound, I I would have just ran right into the door. <laughs> yeah, oh. so they talk about that stuff, like when you're walking down a hallway
0: and you can tell when there's a little, like, alcove. For the door, because oh. there's no, you know, it sounds uh-huh. different.
1: Uh-huh. So
0: it's really interesting.
1: Oh, gosh. Wow, those are some really, really great ideas. Thank you very, very much. And uh, Patty and Liz, both of you as uh, child development consultants for Braille Institute, when you work with children, then you actually teach parents these types of things to do to develop depth perception, correct? Yeah.
2: Yes, Dr. Bill.
1: Gosh, that's great. That is really great. Um, is uh, Elizabeth on the call? Okay, she may not be on the call. uh Karen and Dr. Christian, do you guys have anything else that you'd like to add as far as, activities that could be used to help to develop depth perception?
0: I um, have worked um, with putting things like in a in a bottle, you know, clear bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of working on fine motor, but it's also they can see um, the object going down and then also trying to have them get it out. So it. Oh. So it's putting things in, and then, you know, showing them that it's at the bottom, so that they kind of have an idea of where the object went. You could do it with little puffy balls, or, um, you know, um, larger beads, or something like that.
1: Yes. Hey, now, do they get to use any types of tools to get it out, or do they have to? rotate the bottle around and shake things around to try to get it out?
0: Um, you can do both.
1: Okay, nice. Jeez. Hey, well, you know, <clears throat> those Asian kids might be really good using chopsticks to grab at the bottom of the bottle, <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Diane, do you have any other activities you'd like to share?
0: I mean... um. Besides the stuff that's been already talked about, um, I like stacking things, um, like sorting toys. I love
1: um,
2: Mm.
0: even just like also like a big ball, just kind of, you know, playing catch or rolling the ball back and forth when you
1: have
0: to grab it. The great things about it is that a lot of things that we've been talking about, you guys have been talking about, are things that you already have around the house. And that you just kind of do it naturally. Right. So it's, it's something that is easily incorporated into everyday activity, and it's fun. It's, you know, it's a great way of spending time with your child.
1: And, you know, a lot of times we're playing with our kids, and we might be just rolling the ball back and forth across the living room, and we had no idea. We really didn't think that we were developing a child's depth perception and eye hand coordination we were just playing, but exactly. that type of, that type of play is actually developing vision, so we really, really want to thank all of you for being on the call this evening, and if you have other questions about this, uh, can they email you, Karen, or should they email me?
0: They can email me and if you want to give out your email. My email is k m nut n u t t at Institute dot
1: Great, Nut at Institute dot org, and mine is a uh, Dr. Bill. That's Dr. Bill Foundation at Gmail. So. If you have any other types of questions, go ahead and email us. And next time we're going to be talking about the development of eye hand coordination. So we thank you very, very much and we hope that you all have a wonderful veterans' holiday tomorrow.
0: Yes, thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, and Dr. Bell. good night everybody.